0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others in the world. Now, starting this week, I want to talk to you about choosing sacrifice, or I would say courage. Choosing sacrifice or courage. That's not an easy thing to do. One time, i have if you've ever been on campus, you'll have... Preachers that are on there, and, they're, and a lot of them are not good. They can be pretty mean in how they present the gospel. And the Lord called me to do it one one season. Called me one season to do this, and I'm like, well, Lord, I don't want to do this. But the Lord might be calling you to do something that takes courage and sacrifice. How many know that cheesy, cheesy poem about footprints? We all know that one. Well, I'm not going to read that one. This one's a this one's a um, this one's a different version. I'll read it a little bit. One night, I had a dream, a wonder dream. One set of footprints. There was seen the the footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some strange prints appeared, and then I asked the Lord. What have we here? These prints are large and round and neat, but Lord, they are too big for feet. And Jesus answers, my child. For miles, I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed and you would not grow. The walk of faith, you would not know. So I got tired. And I got fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. You're supposed to chuckle there, all right? It's a funny story. But the reason a lot of times it's funny is because it's true. It's true. Sometimes... Maybe Jesus gets tired and he got fed up and there I drop you on your butt. There's a time when you must fight, you must climb, you must rise up to the task that God has put you in front of. And leave this type of faith that so many of us live. We plant our heels or we cross our arms and we say, Lord, I am not going to budge. And I'm telling you, we're make to make great choices, you need wisdom. And you need to learn how to be courageous and sacrifice. And a lot of times what keeps us from walking in our journey with Jesus is that. We lack the courage to be sacrificial. Greatness in your journey with Jesus, I believe a lot of it is making conscientious choices. I have a missionary friend of mine who does not like where he's at. And he gets paid to be where he's at. And not all missionaries, but some missionaries make a very good living. And I challenged him to do the right thing. And if you can't do it for God, then do it for your family and stop being obstinate. Because let me tell you something, when you're obstinate, and you're crossing your arms and digging your heels and there's no courage or sacrifice the situation doesn't just evaporate I told my friend because this is what you're going to do if you dig your heels and you sit on your butt and you cross your arms and you dare God I'm not going to do it I'm not going to sacrifice and his sacrifice can can you believe this? was to submit to the main leader's authority. It wasn't, it wasn't asking him to go jump off a cliff. Just submit. If he says jump, you just ask how high. But he wasn't going to do it. He was just going to release the pressure. He didn't want to deal with it and just shove it down to his family. And I said this to him in a long letter, and then I verbally said it. What you're going to do is you're going to force your wife To be angry at God because she's going to go straight into poverty. And then you're going to force your kids to be angry at God. Okay, let's just say they're not even angry at God. But they're going to be angry at ministry. Angry at the mission field. Why? Because you want to live this life. So he doesn't want to deal with it. So he shoves it down to his wife and kids who will deal with it in a bad way. And so I've done this, we've done this so many times in our lives. Failed to live up to the full potential that God has called us to. But if we're going to live great lives for Jesus, there are choices we have to make. And so we've been looking at five great people in the Bible. And last week we talked about Solomon, who made the phenomenal decision to choose wisdom. Choose wisdom. I, I caught myself a few times this past week asking myself, is this the wise thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do? Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us last week. Is this the wise thing to do? The second I'm going to try to go quickly is this next point I want to talk to you about. Is do not let fear dictate your life. Do not let fear dictate your life. We say, Lord, you're, you're our all in all. Lord, you're our king. You're our master. We love to sing those songs. But when it comes out to living sacrificially or courageously, what really rules, and we should be honest, is fear and insecurity. One of these days, we're going to actually sing that song, you know. To be truthful. To be honest and truthful. I want to talk to you about a young lady that my wife and I have had many, many conflicts about. She loves Esther, and so do I. We have different perspectives in how we see her. Robin says, Esther is the most courageous person in the world. And I say, yes, but I have a but at the end, okay? and i'll explain why but queen esther is a good example of someone who chooses sacrifice and courage in order to accomplish what god has called them her to do there is if you don't know the story there's this bad king named nebuchadnezzar he's not he's, he's not a good guy and she was uh, her family was taken into captivity and she is Uh, Her parents died, and and now she's been swept up as a a young female, swept up into the king's harem, if you will. And she's young, and she's being prepped. No one knew she was Jewish. That kept it under wraps that she was Jewish, because the Jewish people were second rate. But somehow she got swept up into a potential situation that she's part of the king's harem. She was raised by her uncle Mordecai because her parents died. And Mordecai told her to keep her nationality a secret. Then there was this guy named Haman. He's a bad guy. And Haman gained the confidence of the king. And Haman went around and he wanted to make sure everybody would follow these rules. And he came up to Mordecai. And Mordecai would not bow down to Haman or anybody else but he only bows down to God he would only bow down and be obedient to God and that infuriated Haman Haman was angry so Haman came up with this little scheme and convinced, convinced the king to come up with this decree that everybody would have to bow down to the king Jews and all and if they weren't bowing down, then they would be killed. And so if you look at Esther chapter 4, maybe some of you have it, you'll, you'll see a lot of the story there. Mordecai gets scared, not scared, but he gets overwhelmed. He tears his clothes, and he's, 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 he's upset, understandably. Because not just his life will be destroyed, but the lives of the Jewish people. We did a whole sermon series in Esther years ago in our old facility, and one thing that we were we were challenged as a church that I don't blame Esther, but Esther was kind of living her own life, doing her own thing, and she was not aware that the plight of her own people they were about to be killed. This decree didn't it didn't affect her. She was separated. But her whole people were going to be annihilated. And I, we prayed that day as a church, Lord, help us to not be naive at the plight of our brothers and sisters who are believers across this world. And from time to time, you'll hear us pray for the persecuted Christian because we don't want to be blinded by the pain and suffering of those we call brothers and sisters across this globe and we felt when i shared that esther was unaware she was unaware because of her situation and we don't have that we we shouldn't have be blind to those who are hurting outside our our walls open your eyes look just look down the street actually just look down this street and we we'll, we'll see that there are people who are suffering open open up uh, the martyrs webpage and see all the people who are suffering for the cause of Christ. And so uh, Esther was, was, was uh, being summoned by her uncle to maybe uh, go talk to the king on their behalf. And kind of make her help. She was kind of forced to help a situation. And I would say many of us, if not every day, I would say every week, have countless opportunities presented to us by God to do something significant in this world. If you're a parent, you have that opportunity every day to do something significant that changed or helped the trajectory of our children. If you're a teacher, I believe you have an opportunity that's going to be presented to you, and I believe it's from God, to be some, do something significant that will change the trajectory of someone's life and god from time it's not every day it's not every you know sometimes not every week but i believe god will place in us opportunities to do something significant in someone's life world changing a couple of weeks ago we talked about find feed fight follow and something significant was these two girls and a guy and a girl And just invited me to church. It seemed insignificant at the time. Because they couldn't see 40, 30 years down the road. But it turned out to be incredibly significant. And I am grateful to God that he would use them to do something significant. As simple as an invite. I mean, that's simple. Anybody can invite someone. And they did. They walked in obedience and invited Mario to youth group. And even though I had really bad or bad motives, God used that and began to change my trajectory. Something significant. We pray for those what well, we call those keros moments. God breathed special moments. Special moments. That God will use sometimes maybe in the heat of a parenting moment and you look at your child and you know you want to uh, maybe beat them into submission. But you say, God, give this op- help me, give me wisdom and how to respond in a way that will propel my children towards grace and faith and move forward in their journey with Jesus. I, you know, it's, it's been brought up spanking and all that, and um, and I, sometimes I fall in the camp of yes, let's, you definitely spank your children, and then I fall in the other camp it's like don't spank your children. Um, and, and I'm all over the map on that, but I will say that you shouldn't do anything in anger. But we do ask the Lord give us careless moments. I believe a moment in my own family situation, something something kind of simple and basic was I would use the belt to spank my kids. And I used to love it. I used to love that snap at the end. But my wife told me, I forget when it was. I think the kids, Micah was probably 10. Mason was eight. She says, no more. And it was a moment I had to make a decision. I just, it was a very important moment. And I stopped. My wife said no. And I just like, all right. Now, sometimes I wish I continued, you know. But I believe there's an impactful moment in my life. I would look back at a keros moment, a really impactful moment, an opportunity to change. And God help me is speaking to my wife. But God will give you those opportunities, those caros moments. Because as we make these decisions. Every opportunity comes with something else, a price tag, right? All opportunities come with a price tag. And I believe the greater the impact, the greater the price tag. So even that little simple story, the price tag was I had to learn how to uh, discipline not using the belt. Got a big old stick, and I didn't do that either. But it came with a price tag. I had to submit myself. I had to humble myself. I had to admit that I didn't have the perfect perspective. There was a price that I paid. Because every opportunity comes with something else, a price tag. And especially the greater the impact. And then you're going to have to come face to face with sacrifice. See, the first thing that's going to come is the opportunity. The first thing that's going to come is the opportunity. Then you're going to realize that there's a cost to it. There's something you're going to have to do. What are you going to have to stop doing? And then you start counting the cost. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You come every week. You, you play the part very well, because we don't know if you're not serving the Lord or not. But now this is a great decision you have to make, and you're counting the cost. Well, if I cross that threshold of following Jesus, then that means he's the king of my life. And if he's the king of my life, that means I'm not the king of my life. And if that means I'm not the king of my life, that means then I can't do whatever I just want to do. If I see someone that cuts me off on the highway, you know, I'll just give them the middle finger. That's what I've always done. But when you're submitted to the king, you can't do that anymore. And the Christian middle finger doesn't, it's no good either. That was supposed to be a joke too. <laughs> I used to do that thinking I was getting away with it. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for laughing. Queen Esther had to make a decision. The opportunity was right in front of her. Look what it says in 4 and 9. So Hathak went back and forth, forth, reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and all the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he or she be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the golden scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I called to go to the king. She requested to go see the king, and she got no answer. She didn't get her email answered or her text answered. Nothing. But if she doesn't hurry up or things don't change... People are going to die. She had an opportunity. She's weighing out the cost and she tells her uncle, the cost will be her life. She will die if she goes into the chamber of the king uninvited. That's a big price to pay, isn't it? Not only would she get in trouble, she would lose her life. And a lot of times we make we weigh out the cost and we're afraid to do something because we're thinking that we're going to lose something big. And, and I don't think that's irrational to think that. When the Lord called me to do open-air preaching, I was afraid. The opportunity came, and I knew that it came at a cost. And it did come at a cost. Because when I did it, I remember seeing the vice president of Florida State, student affairs and she looked at me she knew me and I knew her and she looked at me like I was one total crazy dude her mouth her jaw just dropped and she just stared at me and I just kept on preaching I lost something I lost some credibility in her eyes I lost some credibility with people in the university with and all those years I was trying to gain credibility. So I lost something. I gained a lot, and I don't have time to tell you that, but I will tell you that I gained understanding in the knowledge or at least the, the experience of walking a courageous life and an impact at our ministry. Not one person got saved while I preached. I used analogies from the Titanic. It didn't work, all right? Uh, the bodyguard, I think it was with Denzel Washington or Kevin, I can't remember Didn't work. None of my little analogy stories, nothing. I got heckled. But man, my life changed. But it did come at a cost. And so Esther's at a place in her life where it's going to cost her her life. There's no ambiguity. She knows it's going to cost her life. And I'm going to finish this story because it is a little late. And the workers downstairs are so gracious to extend their time. And they are volunteer downstairs a week after week after a week. They do it for free. We don't pay them. Jesus pays them. And so uh, I'm going to go really fast on this last story. And some of you probably already know the story, but I believe it was right in the turn of the century. Uh, there was a, a man called William Borden from, I mean, you know the, the brand Borden milk, same family. Well, their son went to Yale as an undergraduate, but before that he was able to go around the world and he noticed something, that there was his huge needs, spiritual needs around the world. But he is a son of a multimillionaire. So he goes off to Yale, and after a year of undergraduate, he's like, man, I don't need to be doing this. I need to be going out to the mission field. But he stayed in school, and while he was at school, he was able to influence people. At one time, there was, of the 1,600 students, 1,300 students were in some sort of some sort of prayer group Bible study. But in the back of his mind, he kept thinking to himself, there's big needs in Asia, in the Middle East, in Europe. And he told his parents he's going to school to prepare his life to go to the mission field. And they had they found his Bible, and on the back of his Bible, they found these words. One the first word was called no reserve. He wasn't gonna hold back. At the end of his first term on the mission field, he found himself and he and he and he was focusing on the Muslims in China. And then the second part of his Bible he wrote. No retreats. He's not going to retreat. And so after he finished his studies, he sailed again to China through inland mission. He stopped in Egypt to study Arabic where he contracted meningitis. He counted the cost. Opportunity came. He was courageous, took a step. Found himself in Egypt, wasn't his final destination. And next thing you know, he has meningitis. And he died. Isn't that a great, good story? Like, don't you want to hear stories where he made the sacrifice and everything went well? Well, the whole Bible is filled with stories not like that. It does go good. At the eternal, it does very go, go very well. But in the meantime, it wasn't. He died. He was 26 years old. But his last words they found in his Bible is no regrets. No regrets. Esther, and I got to hurry up here. Esther, this is what I love about Esther and where my wife and I just, I don't feel like Esther is courageous. I don't think she's just a heroine. I don't think she's wearing a cape and mask and she just takes on every opportunity. I believe she's a lot like I am. By nature, probably cowardly. Doesn't like friction. Doesn't like tension. Doesn't like to upset people. I think Esther is like me. But when it came down to it, when the line was drawn in the sand, she had to determine, is God king or am I king? And so she goes before the king. And the king hears her request and her people were saved. But before she took that step, she sets basically, she says, whatever happens will happen. She says, basically, not my will, but your will be done. And she took that step of courage and sacrifice. In this particular story, it turned out great. She was able to save her people. And all I'm asking us as a Mosaic Church, are we willing to be wise and ask the right questions? Is this wise to do? Making great of our life by making great wise choices And sacrificial, courageous choices. Maybe there's someone at work that needs your friendship. Maybe God is calling you to make a little bit of room, just a tiny bit of room in your heart for one more friend. Six weeks ago, we talked about find, feed, fight and follow. And I asked you six weeks ago, would you be willing to invite one person into your home for a meal? And I understand that takes courage. It takes sacrifice. Remember, we talked about if I were to ask you, can you walk 100 yards? And if you tell me that you can't walk 100 yards, then there's something's not right. If you can't make room for one person in your life, I'm telling you as a believer, something's not right. Jesus used the method of discipleship. Go and make disciples. And if we can't follow that because we're so busy, we're overwhelmed, and something's not right. I believe the enemy is using this culture that we live in. To overwhelm us, so that we cannot do the sacrificial thing, and I'm as guilty as everybody. And I need to have my Wi-Fi. I need to have my smartphone. But <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not asking anybody to do this. But can you imagine if the Lord says, "Can you give up your Wi-Fi so that you can spend more time with"? be tough let's be courageous let's be sacrificial let's live a life with no reserves no retreats and no regrets she did it i'm thankful that the story the true story is in the bible and i pray that he would help us let's bow our heads and and just close our eyes for a moment Just be honest with me by raising your hand. You say, Pastor Mario, there are areas right now I need to be more sacrificial, courageous. And I want you to pray for me. Just raise your hand. Yes. Amen. Hands all over the place. Heavenly Father, we ask for supernatural, Holy Spirit-infused obedience. Lord, that we would not allow fear to dictate what you have called us to do. You wouldn't allow, Lord, we wouldn't allow circumstances to determine whether we should walk in obedience or not. Lord, make it clear to us, those things that are important to you, Lord, help them to be important to us. Lord, help us not to be afraid of sacrifice. Sacrifice. Lord, I pray that Mosaic people are not fearful of the word sacrifice. And Lord, help us to make room for obedience, for courage, for sacrifice for your glory. I thank you for our wonderful church. Lord, I pray God a blessing upon them. Lord, help them to live the life that you've called them to. Help them to make great choices. For your glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.